Welcome. Thank you for joining us here at AmazingLove.org. And, uh, you know, it's been a dream of mine to reach people all across the world with a message of Jesus and his love. And so whether you're joining us from near or far, so glad that you're here. And uh, we'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. So if he's blessed you by this ministry, please email us at impactatamazinglove@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this ministry and make sermons like this possible every week ongoing, please go to AmazingLove.org and go to our giving tab. But now may God bless you. May he guide you. May he speak into your life and direct you all through the power of his love. Thank you. Thank you, God, for trusting me to be his dad. Thank you, Lord, that when a door closes, you're still going to take care of me. And thank you for cheetahs and pickles and families and mommies and daddy. Thank you, Father, <laughs> for always giving me perspective. I'm so sorry. Thank you, God, that you are the great physician of both my body and my soul. Father, thank you for knowing my family's needs even before I do. And for ladybugs and old people and Disney movies and Miss Walker and donuts. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me that I'm never alone. Thank you, God, for what I have. And also, I wouldn't mind an upgrade soon. Thank you, Father God, for love, joy, peace, and patience. Lord, especially patience. And thank you for Jesse, even though he's mean during recess. Help him find a good friend. That's what he needs. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God, for childlike faith.
How many of you are looking forward to the Thanksgiving meal? Anyone? Anyone? And whether it be the tryptophan from the turkey or the stuffing, that's my favorite, or the pumpkin pie, I'm not sure. I hope it goes well. But what are you thankful for? You might be asked it this week. Some of you might be thankful for family. Some of you might be thankful for friends. Maybe it was a banner year at work. Uh, maybe it was uh, some health thing that turned around in your favor. What are you thankful for? I wonder how many of you would be thankful for a gathering called Amazing Love. Is anyone thankful for this church? All right. And because we are thankful for a Savior who is the center of this place, thankful for someone who rescued us when we couldn't rescue ourselves, we are thankful because we again are redeemed and saved and called children of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to start off as we talk about what Thanksgiving looks like with a little bit of a science experiment today. And we've been talking a little bit about what it is to give to God. And so my science experiment is what happens when you drop different items into buckets of water. Now I have a volunteer, a brave volunteer, who I'm going to call up at this time. Let's give her a round of applause. This is my daughter, Bella. We'll make it through this. And um, first we have a really cute one. We just have, well, what is that? It's a nickel. Very good. So if you want to drop it in, let's see what happens. All right, this is kind of a cute splash. You see the ripples? It's, it's kind of cool, right? Well, now we have a bag full of nickels. Yeah, yeah. And I experimented in the back hallway before, and maybe some of you see what happens. And, um, and, and why don't we take that bag and then uh, put it above. Be careful, everyone. Can you lift it? Do you need Dad's help? You got it. Okay. And when you're ready. Now, which one was cooler? It was that one, right? Way to go, muscles. All right, you go. Woo! And uh, I, I proved something that you've proved uh, any time you've been to a swimming pool, uh, but uh, you recognize that the larger the object, the bigger the splash, right? That, that's the principle that we've come upon. Um, so there it is. The, the bigger the object, the bigger the splash. And, and, and I love seeing this with cannonballs in, in the pool. And, and sometimes you have that toddler, that little child, you know, the one who weighs about 50 pounds, and they jump in, and it's kind of cute. It's kind of like Simba's first roar. It's kind of like, you know, wow. But every now and then you have the crazy uncle, right? You have the dad, right? You got the guy who does the belly flop or guy who does the cannonball. And, and it just, I got to tell you, I made it recently. Like I finally arrived, my friends. We were at a hotel recently and I jump in with a cannonball. I hit the walls of the hotel and like high up. Like, so if I haven't arrived on any other level, <laughs> I can do a cannonball. And we've been talking about then um, what kind of splash we could make when we give to God. What could we do if we gave from the heart? And I need to catch you up a little bit, okay? If you weren't here last week, I just need to catch you up a little bit. Uh, these series kind of follow in succession, so let me do a little bit of review work, okay? Last week we talked about what it was to stand at the edge of a pool and be afraid to jump in. And sometimes that's what it feels like when we think about giving to God for the first time or giving to God on a higher level. And, and we experience, sometimes I think we tell God, you know what, I'm a little bit afraid to jump in financially. And so sometimes we say, God, if you would just go first, <laughs> then I'd follow. God, you jump in, give the increase, give the promotion, give the money, and then I could give, you know, and it, it all work out, you know. I don't know if you've ever gave and, and had this mentality. If, when, we, when I reach that point, well, then I can. But actually, I believe finances work the other way. See, what we explored was this, that I think he says, no, 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 
how faith works, how faith works, believing in what's not seen, is that you go and then you see what happens afterwards. You go and then you trust in what I can do. We saw the Macedonian givers and, and just what they did, and I, and I believe that they were fine financially. And then we gave some homework, and, and this was the homework if you were here, and if you consider yourself a member, it, it was this, that you should have a budget meeting and plan a percentage. And some of you might have went home, and you might have just said, you know what, let's just keep on keeping on. We're at a good point. We're just going to keep on keeping on. Some of you might be at a good level, but you say, I think we could stretch, and I think it'd be worth it uh, to advance the kingdom, to give to God, to trust in him. And some of you might have, for the first time, thought of, what if I just really jumped? What if I really went for it? What I believe is, is that what happens when we do this is what happens when we give from the heart and give big. See, what I believe is that um, there's ripples that happen. There's ripples in, in any splash, and we get to talk a little bit about the ripples that happen when we choose to give. And, and, and about the after effects, about the spiraling thanks, uh, I believe that the bigger the gift, the bigger the ripples. And the more that come. And the more that we shape and, and shape not just this life and, and our own finances, but shape possibly eternity. As we just commit to saying, no, God gets my first and my best. So, we're going to dive into it. And if you're a guest or visitor, I'm a little conflicted. I'm like, you came on the money series. And like, I'm conflicted because you just need no more. Like, God wants more for you than he ever wants from you. He just does. He's so good. He's so good. And if you're new and if you're not a Christian, hear this message overall. Jesus jumped in for you. See, Jesus was in heaven, and it might have been scary on earth, but he says, no, 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 they're worth it. And so he jumps into this world that we celebrate at Christmas. He becomes like us at Christmas, and he dies our death. And he gives us what is more precious than silver and gold. He gives us his blood. And because of that, we are forgiven. We are redeemed. If Jesus comes back before our Thanksgiving celebration, you are at peace with the Almighty, all because of what he gave you. He's a good God. And see, it's not that he gave for your soul. I would love to convince you. I'm not sure one sermon can do it. It might take a while. But I'd love to convince you that everything even in this life came from his hand. That every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of the heavenly lights. And the reason that we have cool duds, or we have a cool car, or we have cool things, is actually less to do about your hard work ethic and more to do about his grace. But I'm not sure if I can convince you in one sermon. First, I'll just convince you it's what he wants for you than from you. But if you see Jesus cannonball, if you see Jesus jumping in for what it is, then all we know is to respond out of thanks. And this is what I believe is true, that a heart of thanks loves to give. If I'm thankful, I just, what, 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 what do you want, God? You want my voice? Phil's going to sing it beautifully. You got my voice. You want my activity? I see people all the time volunteering. You got my activity, God. You want money? It was yours anyway. What do you want? I just want to thank you with my life. That is the opportunity that's afforded us. That's what Paul was talking about. Let's get into the Word of God. So we are in uh, the second letter to the Corinthians. Paul is writing to Corinthian Christians, and he's talking about this idea of giving. And it's an inspirational story. Uh, Paul's heart is that they would give to needy Christians in Jerusalem. 
See, there were Christians in Jerusalem who couldn't make ends meet um, because they were um, not like the rest of the culture. They didn't follow anymore the Jewish faith. They followed Jesus the Messiah. That affected their business. Maybe they closed down their cake shop. I'm not sure what happened. Um, but it affected them as they followed. And, and, and because of that, uh, he had this idea that, that if we all gave, maybe we could support their needs. And if you want to give, we can support their needs. And so he encourages them. Let's get into those words of encouragement to give. Uh, verse 6, and it's in the worship folder on the screen, whatever your preference is. He said, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Maybe the splash illustration a little bit there. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. We're going to talk about that and the idea that we get to get to give. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. If you think the bottom is going to drop out because you gave, the experience isn't really that way. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, and their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. So you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result, here's the spiral, in thanksgiving to God. More of the spiral. This service that you perform is not only supplying needs, oh, that's good, of the Lord's people, it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks. More. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God. The spiral's happening for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel and for your generosity and sharing with them and everyone else. And in their prayers, that's part of the spiral. For, for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. And thanks be to God, we remember him, for his indescribable gift. See, if they give, it's going to have this, this ripple effect. He talks about, and I think the same still happens. When we choose to give from the heart what the ripples might be, that's what we get to explore today, and the attitude, may God bless us. I am a firm believer in good, clean fun. And maybe that's the pastor in me, you know, or the pastor's kid in me, you know, the sheltered part of me, you know. I don't know what it is, but I just believe in good, clean fun. Um, I think every time you eat a donut, it's fun. Every time. It's just, just me. Every time you drink a Mountain Dew, same experience, now it's coffee. Um, and, and, and this last week, uh, my, my family, we just, had, we just had good, clean fun. You know what I'm talking about? We went to uh, Marcus on Tuesday. It was $5. Great. It's great. And, and we saw this movie. It's called Trolls. And there's this glitter guy, and there's things that happen with glitter in that movie that are just, the ideas are just good, clean fun. It's just, it's just, it's just fun. And, and then I had other experiences this week. We took uh, access class bowling, and there was, there was a lady, I don't know if she's here tonight, but uh, uh, someone who loved to spin before she bowled. It's like ballerina bowl, and I was just having a great time. That was awesome. And last night we had teens, and we played Hungry Hungry Hippo, but like live version on scooter boards. And it was just, it's good, clean fun, right? Like, I'm a firm, firm believer. I don't know the last time you've experienced it, and you might be crazy for correlating this thought with this thought, but I believe this is true, that giving to God is actually good, clean fun. I do, I do. You're like, you know, crazy, have you, no, let me explain. It's something that we say is a get to give. 
I get to participate in it. It is, it is so good to be a part of the great things God is doing. It's, it's fun to give. And we see that even in, in Paul's relation of, of how they should give. In verse 7, it said this. It said, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. It shouldn't be drudgery. It shouldn't be like, oh, I guess I have to. Because maybe someone's looking, or I don't know, I have to. Preach down it. No, Paul says, God loves a cheerful giver. Can you say that with me? Uh, on the count of three, just say cheerful giver. One, two, three. Cheerful giver. And, and you need to know something about the translation of that in the Greek. Um, the, the Greek word for cheerful is the word hilarion, which is where we get the word hilarious. So I love this idea that God doesn't love the cheer. He loves the hilarious giver. You're like so happy to give, like you're laughing. You're like so like, this is, this is awesome. I get to give this and help you. This is, I love that picture for giving. That, that's the opportunity. God loves the hilarious giver, the one so joyful. Has giving ever been that fun for you? This summer I had someone come in and, and some, every now and often we have, we have people have needs that come in and, and I was sitting down, I was going to explore what they needed, and, and, and I forgot that we had met before, and he had told me that um, earlier, uh, months ago, he needed a hotel room, and, and, and I actually provided it. And I'm not that great, that's not the point of the story. But I had even forgotten that I had done something that had made such an impact on his life. And he was saying, can I write you a letter? Can I do something? Can I, can I commemorate? Because uh, that meant a lot. And sure enough, I remember I had met this gentleman before, and I remember exactly that his son was in the car as he was asking for a hotel night stay. And, 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 and I, I didn't even know that it was going to mean that much. I didn't know that he was going to come back and tell me that he remembered it, because I hadn't remembered it. And I had realized in that moment what hilarious giving was. God, you would use me so that someone would remember how, how just simple money helped them through? That's hilarious giving. You ever been a part of that? That's the opportunity to, to see again and again what we get to do together. To make big impacts that will last. And at this point, I wanted to ask, you ever miss an opportunity? You ever miss an opportunity that would have really helped you financially or anything like that? I remember investing in the stock market. Any investors, any, any people watching the stock symbols, all that? Okay, a few, a few, a few. I remember the um, uh, first time getting into it, and uh, I created one of those fake portfolios to see, like, maybe this is mine. Let's just see how the fake portfolio does you know, versus, you know, diving in real. And so when I was had my fake portfolios years ago, I had this in there. Uh, this was the stock symbol. Um, sorry, I'll get there. Does anyone know what this stock symbol uh, stands for? Yes, okay, there's more stock, there's more investors here. You guys were lying to me. <laughs> Don't respond. Yeah, it's Amazon. When I was about to invest, guess how much that was a share? $70. When I was going to invest, it was $70 a share. That share right now is about $760. That would have been a good investment, my friends. I had a similar experience during the recession. During the recession was the first time I was going to open a 401k through Vanguard. And they have this fund that mimics the S&P 500. And I was uh, seeing it where it was a kind of bottling, bottoming out, you know, 2008, 2009. And, and I was like, man, I could really get in on this. I didn't. It doubled. 
It's at the highest level it's ever been. And so when it comes to both Amazon stock and the, the VFINX, um, both of those funds, I have just three words. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Not so much on the coulda, but the shoulda and the woulda for sure. Right? Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Well, go with me here. I wonder, I wonder, okay, let's just dream. Just, just get out of reality. Get out of your Thanksgiving meal. Get out of your family. Dream right now you're in heaven. You're sitting in heaven. It's awesome. Okay? Better than like turkey meal and your team winning on Thanksgiving, right? I wonder if we'd ever look back on life and be like, you mean I could have given just simple money that I was going to spend on me anyway, and, and it could have shaped what I'm sitting in for eternity? You mean I had the opportunity to invest in, in shaping this thing that now I exist in forever? And you would have just used simple... I wonder if, if we would ever, if we got there right now, if we would look down and we would say, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Can we just say that together? Can you say it with me? Shoulda, woulda, coulda. But I have good news. We're not in heaven yet. And that means we still have an opportunity. And that is to trade shoulda, woulda, coulda for did. I love did. I did. Right? I want to be did. I want to be the guy who goes, I did that. Right? I don't know what God did, but I did give faithfully. I did want the best for the kingdom. I did dream big and work big, and God had my heart when I was on earth so that possibly my eternity would shape out better. I love did. Sorry. <laughs> who wants to trade shoulda, woulda, coulda for did? I'm just saying that's the opportunity because we're not there yet. As we give, not just money, but our hearts, not just money, but our lives, not just money, but our confession of faith on a regular basis, we trade the shoulda, woulda, couldas for the did. But I need to address our attitudinal problems. Because I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes we've got attitudinal problems. And maybe if you're like me, sometimes giving hasn't always seemed like an opportunity as much as it has seemed like an obligation. It has seemed less like something I get to do and more like something I better do or have to do or something I feel reluctant to do. Some of you are even saying, you know, I've been following amazing love, you know, for a while and finally, Pastor, you've confirmed my suspicions. You just want the money. I don't just want the money! God doesn't just want your money. He wants something so far higher than your money, it's called your heart. And God knows that the chief competitor for your heart, it is not the devil. It is not alcohol. It is not drugs. It is money. Every time. And what you have opportunity to do when you dive in big and you give big, one of the biggest ripple effects when you give is that it will guard your heart from greed. That's the opportunity, whether you give or not, to say, God, you got my heart now, forever, as long as I'm here. So maybe it's opportunity for us to just say, God, I've gotten it wrong at times. Sometimes my attitude's just been out of whack. It's been out of sync with the heart of God, and I just repent of that. 
Maybe it's a, it's a matter of repenting over how we have used what was his. I'd convince you it's his anyway. Maybe there's something that strikes you again that we haven't always done God's money God's way. If that's your heart at all, remember again this passage. That we're just about thanking God for an indescribable gift. The end of our days, the splash that will be told won't really be ours, but Jesus once again. Remember again that he gladly dove into the world to save us, to give us forgiveness, to give us eternal life, which will be ours. And what was his attitude? Was it dragging his feet? Well, I have to, don't I, God? There's this passage that says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Jesus' attitude maybe was hilarious as well because he thought I could win people if I just give my blood. This is the God we worship, the God we celebrate, the God who has given way bigger than we could ever imagine. Don't miss it. Don't make a money sermon about what you have to do rather than what he did. Just make it a response, that's all. Just make it a response. Remember what he gave. And what will happen? I don't know, but I think there will be ripples. We talked about ripples happening when, when money goes in, when it goes into water, the splash that happens. And I, I grew up with chips, and it reminds me of uh, ruffles have ridges. I'm not talking about ruffles or ridges, but I'm talking about ripples. And um, anyway, sorry for just uh, shaking up a little bit. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I think we're going to have some glorious ripples happening. And, and I need to explore those glorious ripples with you. So, um, so let's get into it. I have this graphic. Uh, when we give, let's see just some of the different ripples. I, I would invite you to see verse 12. Verse 12, look there with me. It says, this serving you, you perform, it's not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people. That's the first ripple that happens. People will be thankful that there was a supply. When we give to a sock drive, when we give to the church, there'll be thanks that there's a supply, that needs are being met, whether they be spiritual or physical. When we give, people are thankful that there was a supply. It's an awesome opportunity. That's part of the ripple, spiraling thanks. Um, but it goes on. But it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So what's going to happen is they're actually going to thank God. I don't know if you've ever been there. Anyone ever given to you and you actually thank God because they were the giver? It helped you remember that he is a gracious God and he might have used someone else, but it just reflected a new father. It came from you, didn't it? And man, that was good. Thank you, God, for giving that gift. The spirals continue. It just, it just keeps going. Because of this service by which you have proved yourselves, verse 13, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel and your generosity in sharing with them and everyone else. In their prayers, their hearts will go out to you. So you'll, you'll, you'll have thanks. They'll be thankful for the giver. So it's not only that they thank God, but it's also that like, man, I'm so glad that they live on this earth. I'm, I'm just so glad that I get to walk with them. It was so encouraging. I, I love who you made, God. And, and, and what else? So um, it said many expressions of thanks to God. So I just think that maybe they would be spurned on to, to give more. That, that maybe because they've received, then like, I want to I be part of that giving opportunity. I want to give too and make an impact as it impacted me. What I think happens sometimes when we give is that thanks gives birth to thanks gives birth to thanks, and, and we can't even stop it. That's what it does. 
It's out of control. It's unstoppable. So that's the opportunity. Giving, releasing, uncontrollable thanks. It's like being in that pool. If you wanted to stop the ripples from happening, you couldn't stop them. If you tried to stop them, you'd create more anyway. When you give, have you thought of the thanks that we produced in this world? The thanks in heaven. Were you the one who gave to amazing love? Do you know, as you're talking in eternity, do you know that God used that ministry so I could be here? Because that's where I found the Savior. Because that mission was used to reach me when I was lost. It's a ripple that can happen. It's a great opportunity. And then I think of all the things that we think will last that don't last. You ever have something in your world where you're like, if I just achieve that, my life will be different. It will be made. I remember going to Europe for the first time, and I thought, my, my sister lived over there, so I was going to visit her. I'm like, because if I get to Europe, I'll just be a different person, right? And I'll be better, and I'll be, you know, a little bit more rounded, and I'll be more helpful of a person. You know the thing that changed? I had tourist items. It's the only thing that changed. I was a completely same person, okay? It didn't change me as much as I wanted it to change me, okay? And I was following a Facebook feed, and I think of all the things that you think will change you. And someone was recounting how 15 years ago they won state tournament for football. I don't know if this can relate to any sports players. And, and you consider the moment. And, and if you were in high school and you won state, like the pinnacle, think of what high schoolers are thinking. Our lives are made, right? In that moment when you're celebrating it, everyone knows me. I don't even know how to do crowd control from this moment because they're going to want my autograph. I'm kind of a big deal, right? And, 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 and like, I'm just, I'm just, the rest is, is a breeze, right? You ever celebrated that extent? You ever have a victory? Like, I remember jumping on beds and having a victory like that, but didn't change anything, right? And, and so even now, like, they're reflecting on 15 years ago, and I had failed to forget that they even won state tournament, and they were my friends. So I just, it didn't change things, okay? Whereas giving... Considering what giving does on our hearts and on our lives, to, to explore how, what an impact it does, I just wanted to ask you, do you remember someone who gave big to you? If your experience is like mine, I do. I'm a football guy, and I don't remember who won the Super Bowl five years ago, but I remember a gift from 15 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember being at seminary and not having a lot of money, and there was this, this congregation in Indian River, who said, we want our, our future pastors not to look bad. And so they got me a Kohl's gift card so I could buy a suit. It was pretty cool. And I went and I preached there with the new suit that they got me. Pretty awesome. I don't know who won the World Series that year. I don't know who won fantasy football that year. I remember the gift, though. You know what I'm talking about? Do you remember those gifts that were given? You know... Paul talks about the lasting impact these things will have. In verse 9, he said this. It has a lasting impact, but let me get to verse 9. Um, sorry, we have to turn to our worship folders. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Worship folders, it says, They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. I would love anything that I did to last forever. <laughs> You're saying I have an opportunity to make a forever impact just by the simple act of giving? That's an awesome, awesome opportunity. And so as we dive in, and now my notes are all in disarray. My goodness. One final note. Let's close on a final note. 
what you need to know about this section of Scripture is that it was all about the follow-through. It wasn't about a brainchild and a good idea. It wasn't thinking of a splash that might happen. It was about following through with that big idea that it does happen. And, and so Paul actually was writing to the Corinthians. Uh, let, me, let me talk about the follow-through in this. He said, last year, you were the first not only to give, so they started it, but you also had the desire. You, you wanted to jump. But now he's talking about the follow. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. He's basically saying you started well, but how are you going to end? He's basically saying your mouth said that was a good idea. Put your money where your mouth is. And how good it is when we follow through. I was reading commentaries, and some of the commentaries said, a good beginning is not always a sure sign of a good ending. You know what I'm saying? A good beginning, and isn't that true in life? I consider, like, uh, I watch sports and NFL stars, and, and there was Junior Seau. Junior Seau was a bright light for many years, and, and a great football player, right? And, and yet, his ending didn't go so well, if you know anything about what happened to him at the end. I consider other stories like Saul. Do you remember the story of Saul in the Bible? He, he was like, everyone thought he should be king. He was ahead over everyone, and he started following God with all his heart, but then he disobeyed. And it didn't end well with Saul, though it began very well. I consider pastors. Sometimes there are pastors or servants in the church who for a while are a bright light, and they flame pretty well, but they don't always end well. And then I consider our church. I think by the grace of God, we've had a good beginning. Maybe some of you think that. You know, this, this, has been, this has been a good start. There, there's, there's good things that, that began here. The question is, do we want to see it through? It's up to us and God's grace, but it's up to us. Are we going to follow through? How do we want the middle to look like? How do we want the end to look like? I would love to be a servant of God who not only does good things for a moment, but good does, does good things for a long time. I was reading this book that says, a long obedience in the same direction. I would love to see what God could do with a long obedience in the same direction. Anyone else? So what if we follow through? You have opportunities. So um, you had homework last week, and this is really for members of Amazing Love. If you're not a member and if you're not a Christian, you get an out. So you get to just listen to what we get to do. Anyway, um, but anyway, we had the homework of planning a percentage and doing that budget meeting. And, and, and I have these cards here because we get to follow through. We get to follow through. And these cards are just for your own, and, and they're not going to be judged, and they're not going to be gazed upon too much. But it's just so that what happens here doesn't stay here. Because I don't know if you ever had good thoughts in here, but then they never materialized out there. <laughs> Happens all the time. So, so take these cards and have that budget meeting and fill it out. And make it hilarious giving. Cheerful giving. And then um, between now and Christmas Eve, we'll have a box. And we're not going to have a, a moment in time. We're just going to have this box sitting out. So when, when you want to, not, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but with hilarious giving, when you want to put it in the box, you just follow through. You just follow through and say, I did my plan. I made the splash as much as I could because God is worthy of it. It's good to follow through. And the reason, kind of the brainstorm between now and Christmas, because I don't know, has anyone done any Christmas shopping? 
Or maybe you thought about it. And, and maybe there are people right now who are like, I just can't wait to give to that person. I love it when I give to that person. I'm going to have to surprise them. They're going to be geeked out. It's going to be awesome. And that's because we love people. And love loves to give. And I'm just saying, if we love God overall, isn't it just natural that we would love to just say, look, God, love you. It's awesome. Here it is. That's the fun. That's the get to give. To our highest and our best love, just say, hey, you got my heart. So may God so bless you. And may your thanks lead to giving, remembering what he gave. Amen. Please stand.